Adventure Presentation. Welcome back to another Untitled Sundance Review. I am one of your hosts, Matt Rohrbeck, alongside he's allergic to tomatoes, but he is tomato meter approved, Eric Marchin. Matt, I'm really disappointed about this movie we're going to review because I thought it was a prequel uh, to Andrew Lloyd Webber's Cats. I wish <laughs> everyone knows how much I love cats. So, uh, yes, today we are reviewing Susanna Fogel's cat person starting, starting, starring, uh, Amelia Jones and Nicholas Braun and more, but mostly Amelia Jones and Nicholas Braun. Eric, how you doing? Man, I'm doing well. You know, we're, we're recording this, uh, on a day where Sundance is actually at the very end. And so, you know, we're kind of playing catch up with our recordings, but we've done a lot of really good work so far with, you know, discussions about Magazine Dreams, Eileen, uh, Invisible or Landscape with an Invisible Hand. Like it's 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 one of those things where it's again, you know, there will be quite a bit of um, content or reviews still coming your way uh, in the next little bit. But it's also a, a good time to do that because it is the beginning of a new year and there's not a lot of new films coming out. So it's a nice way to kind of, you know, stretch that out a little bit. And you also will be going on vacation soon. So it's a way of compensating for not maybe having a lot of stuff in the next couple of weeks. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, they've been. It's been an interesting Sundance, I will say. Um, I think the films are almost more interesting to talk about than they were to watch. We've said that, um, especially this one. We'll get into it, but um, yeah, it's it's been. We both saw about fifteen ish films. I really liked about four of them, and then the rest were kind of a toss up between. This is interesting to think about and talk about, or just plain bad. I would say Cat Person falls into the interesting to talk about, but maybe not a great film. <laughs> um, so uh, this one, it might be one of the ones that you guys might know a little bit about, but I will still give the synopsis. It is based off of a short story called Cat Person by Kristen Rupinian, um, who uh, wrote it for The New Yorker a few years back. Uh, but the premise is 20-year-old sophomore college student Margot has a brief relationship with Robert, an older man who frequently visits the movie theater where she works. Eric, I will pass it back over to you to kick us off. What did you think of Cat Person? Totally confused. Uh, Cat Person doesn't quite stick the landing as a cautionary tale on the perils of modern dating. We both talked about how uh, we loved the tonal shifts in Eileen. Cat Person doesn't do something dissimilar to what Eileen does in terms of getting in the headspace of its protagonist played by Amelia Jones. Uh, a lot of people will recognize her from uh, Coda. Um, she's become sort of a, a Sundance sensation. Um, darling. This, darling this year with uh, Cat Person and uh, Fairyland and then Coda, you know, a, a couple years ago now. Um, but when you're watching this thing, you're thinking to yourself, okay, I, I understand what it's presenting about, you know, the the complex kind of nuances and sort of the, the the dynamic, the power dynamic and the shifting of who's in control when it comes to a relationship and, you know, sometimes the excitement of being in that relationship in the first little while and then discovering things about a person that maybe are unsavory or what you weren't envisioning them to be and how that plays out. But there's also this weird kind of tug of, tug of war where you're thinking to yourself, okay, this character Margot 
is somebody that is both very much, you know, a, a decent person, but she's also somewhat kind of cut off to the rest of the world. And it's such a weird kind of balance, tonally speaking, but also just in terms of what it's trying to say about dating and specifically the back and forth of, of that communication between two people, mostly through mostly through text, text. messages. Yeah. And yeah. how we interpret and... those things, right. And how you read between the lines or fantasize about who the person is and are you setting yourself up for disappointments, but also the importance of being able to say no and always being able to say no. And at any time. And also it, it's such a strange thing because watching this movie, it's like, the 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 film begins with that Margaret Atwood quote that's that's very kind of popular or famous where it talks about well the quote is like you know men are afraid that women will laugh at them and then women are afraid that men will kill them yeah and so when when you have that quote come up and you're thinking to yourself oh is this going to turn into some sort of like psychological thriller Thriller. or horror movie or is it is it gonna and and there there are aspects of that (laughs) yeah there sure are but it doesn't necessarily find the balance between the real world and sort of the more fantastical elements even though you can see what it's doing i will tell you it took me a good 45 minutes to an hour to understand what the hell this movie was trying to be (laughs) and like once i like it was wild for the first half an hour to 40 minutes where i go what tone is this is this supposed to be funny is it this supposed to be a horror movie is this satire is this like the way that the dialogue is delivered and the way that the pacing goes and like how it portrays its two leads i'm like i have because i i went into most of these sundance movies not knowing anything about them cat person i had not read the original uh, short story from the New Yorker. I had an idea, you know, of, of what it was about, you know, a younger woman dating a little bit of an older, older man, you know, 14 year age gap, 20 to 34. Um, and kind of the, like you said, the, the issues with modern dating and, and how you don't really know a person when you first start dating and, you know, the things that you start to think about them because, you know, how shitty men can be and, 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 and things like that. So you start to kind of project onto someone and you view them in one way, even though that might not be how they are, but they're acting weird in certain situations. So you overanalyze things and think and project and all that stuff is really interesting. But then it took me so long to get to that point to go, what is this movie trying to say? What tone is it going for? Is it satirical? Is it a horror movie? Is it a thriller? Is it, you know, all of these things. And it, I think it tries to be a little bit of all of that, but it never really picks a lane and really drives home its point because I felt like it was so all over the place tonally that I could never buy into some of its, you know, pretty heavy and and strong themes it's trying to kind of dissect throughout the whole movie. Because like there are some times where I'm like, oh my God, this movie stylistically is all over the place Um, where sometimes, you know, a character is, uh, you know, uh, out of body experience projecting in a way that looks goofy, but the situations that's happening is really kind of, you know, it can look normal for one person, but it's very disturbing for another person. And, it, and, and it kind of undercuts the, the disturbing nature of the scene because it's played 
somewhat comedically because you have like a floating Zordon head looking down at <laughs> Rangers, at, at, you know, and it's just like, she's talking to herself and all of this extra stuff or uh, that's thrown in style wise that becomes this mishmash of like a million different things where I think at its core, like dissecting modern relationships and modern dating and an age gaps and and power dynamics and and you know all of this stuff is is kind of interesting and and um but the way that it kind of eventually plays out becomes so ridiculous by the end of it that i also think that that undercuts to not use that overuse that word too much like what came before it like its last act which is new it's not from the short story um goes into some of those like you know psychological thriller or more straight thriller areas and it just kind of goes all right like again i understand what you're going for all the points you're trying to make but the this ain't it the way that you like there's something here don't get me wrong as i watched it i was like there is something here this is like you know a, a rewrite away from being a good or solid movie uh, it could even be great if you got a really great writer to come in and maybe kind of uh, touch it up or something like that. Because I found myself like having really interesting conversations with my wife after the movie, during the movie. Um, and I found that those conversations and what came out of those were great starters. But I felt like the movie didn't give us uh, kind of enough um, rather than just presenting them. Does that make sense? Like it, it presented those ideas and then Nevis and I had to have those conversations ourselves. So I felt like ultimately it was a conversation piece. I think it's ultimately maybe worth watching, but maybe the article will do the same thing and you can have a conversation about that short story rather than having to sit through a two hour film. It's too long. Um, it's way one. too long, uh, way too long. <laughs> um, and Eric, you can go into that in a sec too. But like, I just found myself like finding it worthwhile. Cause I got to have really interesting conversations with my wife about, you know, a lot of these things that it's trying to talk about, but ultimately the movie just kind of gets in its own way. Like with each choice it makes stylistically or, you know, the performances I don't think are great, but then I'm like, that's where I kept questioning myself where I'm like, is it, is this what they're going for? Like, is it satire? Is it like so overly, overly written to the point of going, this isn't reality, but it's going to be that stilted kind of dialogue that you will stand out and will make you have those conversations because everyone's acting in a way that doesn't feel real. Um, so anyways, that's, I'm being long winded a little bit, but I was just very confused throughout the whole movie and not in a, in a, in a good way. I don't know if there is a good way of being confused, but yeah, it's watching it. Like there's a lot there that I was impressed with on a level that kind of felt like it was trying to explore uh, the, these two characters, these two leads played by Amelia Jones and, and Nicholas Braun in, in a way that was kind of fair to both. I think yeah. that there's there are moments in the Nicholas Braun performance and the way that he's portrayed as he's not completely, you know, this psychotic stalker type. There are things about yeah. him that the movie does that kind of presents a a sincerity to who he is as a person, but also that he's not completely like huge incel energy kind of. Oh though. yes. But there's, there's some, there's some things about him as well that 
that I do think that the movie is like, okay, well, we're not just going to create a one note villain. Yeah. I or agree. we're not going to, like, there were things about him. And that's that some I think, of the interesting stuff, right? Yeah. That I think, like, again, like the Margot character kind of misinterprets or doesn't, and, and not like she's a bad judge of character, but I mean, like, in terms of, like, not really asking much about who he is as a person and getting to know what he does or things like that. And then that last act, the last act is the thing that throws me off because yeah. part of it is like, it's trying to really hash out this conversation. It's really trying to get to having a real conversation about dominance and, 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 you know, identity, Perception but, but, and, but, but, but yeah. also the, 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 the sort of divide between men and women and the generational gap and, you're looking at that scene. And it's like, okay, there's a lot going on there that you really like, yeah. but then it kind of throws more of the genre elements into the mix in that last act. And again, it's like, it's not trying to say, you know, ultimately this whole situation is just messed up and, and, and it puts it in a way that kind of feels like it, it, it isn't really clear with its own sort of point of view. Like it never really mm -hmm. tells you, you know, it, you can say, oh, it's being observational, but I don't think it is. I think it's trying to say like, oh, this is just a really messy, complicated situation that's gotten 10 times worse. Um, and instead of, you know, talking it escalates, it, out, it escalates and then obviously explodes. Politeness is but, a killer. I think that's the thing, yeah. like ultimately, like it, it made very clear where it's okay to say no. It's okay to say no at any time. And it's also or something I'm not where, interested. Or, yeah. Or, yeah, or. Yeah. Or just like be more upfront, and that is a hard thing for many people to do, and not just in situations of, of of relationships, but even just in, you know, going to work or or like you know mental health and wellness, and like saying like. But you also don't owe anyone anything. No, too, no, and, and that and like... that's the thing that does feel clear. But then it kind of, and I think we're going to talk a little bit about that with even shortcomings. I think where. Like it does feel in the last act of that movie as well, where it's kind of going back on its premise a little bit. And, you know, there's controversy with this story as well. So we're not going to really get into that here, but you can go online and check out sort of some of the, the, the accusations that have been made with, with plagiarism and sort of the depictions of certain characters. But it, it is really kind of interesting to see this modern era of adaptations, you know, this, being originally a, a, a chain of uh, a text chain and then something like Zola as well, where Zola yeah. was, you know, a series of, of tweets being adapted into films and sort of the language of cinema in the modern era also changing and how, you know, we misinterpret certain stories or, or certain, you know, relationships, you know, the, the relationship between Taylor Page and Riley Keough in Zola and how that, kind of is never completely resolved in, in a way that it's like, you know, you, the, the Riley uh, Keough character in that movie should have been more upfront with Taylor Page's character and how Page's character, you know, does at times put her foot down, but also is still kind of weirdly like, do I, do I go along with this still? Or like, how do I get out of this situation? And the longer you kind of proceed, the worse it gets to the point where, you know, you you get to a very dark place and i think that that's what it's ultimately going for it's just a very messy movie and you know like even maybe you know, that's the point right but like I but just, it doesn't do I it in don't... a way that feels earned it almost feels more confusing to the viewer watching it than it does 
you know, the filmmaking itself, like even something like, you know, uh, Bodies, 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 which Ropian also was the the author of, like that feels like a more clear and concise story about Gen Z's kind of behaving badly and using, you know, virtual virtue signaling signaling in a way that kind of is like, you know, we're, we're, we're trying to say something about how, you know, everything has no meaning anymore because everybody uses it in a manner that's just to, you know, uh, make them morally superior to others. And that kind of feels like, okay, like you're making a point there, even though if you don't agree with how the point is portrayed, at least it's making it clear this isn't at all. And, and I feel like overall, like, again, tonally speaking, those moments of, of, of fantasy or heightened reality or horror that come into play actually do the film a disservice in telling a story that can be on that level of like something like promising young woman. Yeah. But doesn't necessarily get there because you know, promising young woman stylistically has certain flourishes, but as a revenge story commits to them too. Yeah. And And with this, I wasn't sure what it was trying to be in the end. Yeah. I think promising young woman, uh, I thought about watching this and I feel like that movie commits to what it is and it wants to say something decisively. Right. And then even though it turns into some of the things we talked about, a a thriller and a horror movie kind of like, and, uh, and, and things like that. And, and, but it just, I feel like it had a vision that it stuck to where I felt like this tried to throw in everything in the kitchen sink. And while a lot of it is really interesting and had, or had, can be something interesting to talk about, um, the execution just for whatever reason didn't, uh, didn't come together. So I am at a two and a half on this one as well. It's, it's again, could have been there. Like I, I, there's potential there that I think that this could have been, um, something, really solid but unfortunately uh it didn't work for me so a 2.5 i'm gonna give it a two out of five i think again like a lot of it the the presentation is interesting but the execution and that final act is so muddy and messy and it leaves you contemplating what the point of it was and what was it really trying to say overall especially with the setup being so strong about how you know there's there's a there's a kind of predatory aspect to it but then it becomes something else and then it kind of devolves into cliched thriller elements that kind of doesn't suit the tone of a very confused movie overall yeah i totally agree uh thank you all for watching or listening we really do appreciate it uh you can check out all of our sundance reviews i think eric mentioned a bunch of them earlier but we have reviews for landscape with an invisible hand uh shortcomings you hurt my feelings fairyland uh, Eileen, Theater Camp, uh, Fair Play, Infinity Pool, Magazine Dreams, Sometimes I Think About Dying, Run Rabbit Run, The Pod Generation. Uh, those will be up. Some of them are up now, like Eileen, Magazine Dreams, things like that. Uh, Infinity Pool, which is out now for you guys to watch if you wanted to. Um, but we'll be spreading those out over the next week or so. So you'll get one or two per day um, over the next week. So keep an eye out for those. Uh, over on the cast of us, you can check out uh, episode three, long, long time. I think one of the best episodes of television of all time. Uh, it's excellent. 
probably one of the best pieces of media we might get this year. I know it's very early. We're only at the end of January, but again, much like I said about everything everywhere all at once last year, if we get something better than that on television, especially it's going to be a good year because it was fantastic. So Eric and I did like a two hour breakdown of that episode. So go check that out over on the cast of us on YouTube and podcast services, as well as the newest episode of the untitled movie podcast, where we talk about all the Oscar winners and are not winners, nominees and critics choice winners, one-stop shop for everything. Head over to letterboxd untitled underscore movies. Uh, as always, my name is Matt Rohrbeck. You can find more of my work around the internet, but mostly at untitledmoviepodcast.com. And you can follow me on all those social medias at Matt Rohrbeck. And I'm Eric Marchin. You can find more of my video reviews and interviews on rogerstv.com slash cinemacy. And I recently interviewed Infinity Pool writer-director uh, Brandon Cronenberg, uh, whose film Infinity Pool we talked about on uh, this very show um, and have a review for. And then on top of that, a previous Sundance movie that's getting released now is Jesse Eisenberg's When You Finish Saving the World, uh, which I had a chance to talk to uh, Eisenberg about the movie. So definitely check those out. And then you can find me on the social medias at em until next time who orders popcorn and red vines without a drink that is weird <laughs> no the true here before we go the one thing to true sociopaths keep their iphone text noise on like when you're you know that as you're yeah. turn that off everyone okay don't type and have the sound on it's awful don't, don't be do a okay. tommy texter <laughs> bye everyone